Welcome to Diva Dads, episode 15. 15 episodes, and we have a great, great show tonight with Mr. Chris Rogers. But before we get started, Adrian, that is not your house. Uh, kind of. This is my childhood home. <laughs> I'm in San Antonio, I guess appropriately for our Quinceanera episode, so this is perfect. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you're I'm... celebrating with... Oh, with a good beer. Nice. With a good Austin beer. Oops. Um, my dad's here. Uh, yep. This episode to be known as Waldorf. The other one, what was the other one's name? Stadler. Stad- Stadler is, I don't oh. know where she is. She just ran off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> what? <laughs> so, yeah, we're on location. Nice. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Okay, cool. well, I'll just start talking. Um <laughs> I'm finally finally have an actual Zoom meeting invite for my dissertation prospectus defense on Tuesday. So wish me luck. Ooh. Can't wait. That's okay, exciting. that's all I got. Perfect. Rodney, you're back at work. Yes, I have had to set an alarm for the past four days. Uh. Yeah, it's not terrible. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's terrible. But um but it's been it's been good. Um, you know, I we'll it, we'll see how it goes. Are the kids back in school yet? Nope. Um, I, well, the so we start on the the kids come back on the twentieth. Oh, okay. So my personal kids will also start on the twentieth. Um, they're going to start online to begin with. Uh, just I just have the feeling that you know if people who can do online probably should do online so that we can social distance as much as possible so that's why they're doing it um josie's a little bummed about it because she's my social butterfly caden doesn't care <laughs> like whatever i don't like school anyway so how does picket feel uh picket picket needs to be neutered something's wrong with this cat like he's <laughs> i'm hoping that that solves some things <laughs> because yeah he's 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 always at 11 so. i'm looking forward to his first appearance you can uh, my, hear him in the background knocking stuff around. <laughs> Mike, how was your week? Oh, it's great. Uh, just tons of work and uh, exciting news. This is probably for Dana, so I don't stress him out so much. Two more weeks, be in my house with my microphone out of storage so I don't have to switch microphones one minute before we go live. So <laughs> I'm about to be stress-free, give you a stress-free life soon. So. Oh, I doubt that very much. <laughs> That would be nice. However, <laughs> comma. However, <laughs> comma. Um, comma, comma, comma. Okay, so a couple of theater news things that are happening. Um, so there is a couple of Broadway shows that were meant to open within 2020, and obviously that's not happening. Happening, So they're looking for other ways to get out to the public. So the musical Diana, based on the life of Princess Diana, is going to be coming to Netflix. Um, and cool thing about Diana is that one of our former music directors, Adam Wiggins, um, had a lot to do with the music. He works with um, shows as they're workshopping and putting together their orchestras. He works a lot on Broadway music, so that's really exciting. Um, in our theater company news, we are starting, I guess I haven't posted the picture yet, but we are having a back-to-school sale for our masks. So all of our masks are going to $5. Yes, Dana, I know you just bought a new one this week, but... 
Wait, is there like a, you know, five day return refund <laughs> policy? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. So, well, all masks are going to be $5 back to school, and you can pick your design. You can look at them all on our, on our website at theatercompany.com slash masks. Um, the other thing that's happening, and I can I can talk a little bit more about this now, is we're, we're, Carrie and I are working on a follow-up to um, our telethon, I believe, in TTC. It's called Rain On Me, but it's R-E-I-G-N. So it is all Disney and royalty-themed music awesome. and it I, I booked a couple more people today and it's going to be pretty pretty amazing um we are doing one number kind of like we did skylar sisters with brandon kemp like pre-mixing a number so that we can dance a little bit and i'm not telling you what it is but it's going to be fantastic uh yeah any other theater news that i missed i mean not really doing any theater no i did watch uh i watched howard this week on disney plus I heard about that. And that was um, that was super. If you haven't if you haven't watched it uh, and you have the ability to definitely check that out. Uh, no, the guy not. who started started in the theater and um, wrote the wrote the lyrics in the book for Little Shop of Horrors, and uh, then he went on to write the lyrics for some of your favorite Disney songs from Beauty and the Beast and uh, Little Mermaid and a couple from Aladdin and he just lived kind of a remarkable life and uh, so so check it out if you get the chance it's really good my dad thought you were talking about Har Howard the Duck which was oh. a Dobson family favorite so that is a fantastic <laughs> that, that is yeah quality for that's sure. a good like five star one star like really just one star <laughs> film but actually five stars yeah Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so we are going to do something really special. We are going to do, um, sorry, Roger Pine, you haven't been recast. I've just been doing some stunt casting the past couple of weeks and you know, taking the opportunities where I have. So we're gonna do a live version of the Roger Pine breakdown. You ready? Uh, yeah. Cool. Do okay. I pin it? Yeah, Here or we you go. can pin us. Tell me about the musical version, the stage version of Cinderella. Oh, that was messed up. <laughs> okay, can you we, can you recap the show for me? Well, there was only one point. There was a problem. I mean, it was it was great until the point where she didn't leave her slipper at the ball. <laughs> I mean, how can that happen? But didn't it, she lose it eventually? Eventually, yeah, but that doesn't count. I mean, you had to, you know, the intermission happened, and she had walked off. She didn't lose. She'd left the ball and didn't leave her slipper. I mean, how can I just hate it when things don't stay the same? I mean, it should have been done right. Okay, so what is the right way of Cinderella? What's the correct plot of Cinderella? She's supposed to have lost her slipper at the ball. And then? And then they seek, find out who's the owner of the slipper. So in the stage version that you saw, that didn't happen. Okay, but it happened eventually, right? There was like a second ball. That doesn't count. I mean, <laughs> there didn't. No, it just needed to be right. I like, I, like I said. I mean, I just hate it when things don't stay the same. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of Shakespeare? <laughs> okay, so Cinderella. Like, how many out of ten? One out of ten. Two out of ten. It was tolerable. <laughs> it was Cinderella, tolerable. It was, it was just, 
Um, okay. Questions for Cinderella or, or about Cinderella? I, all I say is all is forgiven because the man is wearing an amazing shirt from an amazing brewing company that I've been yeah. to. <laughs> oh, that's so. a diva point. <laughs> yep. All is forgiven. Okay, so best musical you've seen live. So Cinderella is apparently the worst. Best one was Cats. No. <laughs> Book of Mormon? Book of Mormon was really good. But Cats, okay. I mean, we took you to see that at, what, four years old? Yes. With Dorothy, Chan Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And you got it more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Cats not, okay, so Cinderella, maybe Cats, or is it Cats and Cinderella? Which one do we... <laughs> Yeah, cats and then Cinderella. Then Cinderella. <laughs> then Book of Mormon. Oh no, that was way out. Okay, where does Hamilton? Where does Hamilton fall? Hamilton was a surprise liking. This guy, I tried to play it for him a couple years ago. He turned it off within fifteen seconds and was like, "Nope, mm -mm, mm, I no." I wasn't gonna go to any rap musical. <laughs> oh my gosh, how could I? But what did you say? Oh, also, I was supposed to get his Hamilton ticket because he was like, I'm not going to go see this thing. So I drove down thinking I was going to get to see Hamilton, and then he decided to go. But what did you think? That was a total masterpiece. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I adored the experience. So anything else you want to add about Cinderella? <laughs> yeah, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It just wasn't right. <laughs> Perfect. So um, we need a drink to talk about Cinderella. All right, Rodney, it's all you. Drink time. All right. Um, I heard. I saw the guy hanging around the shadows earlier. Oh my god. Drink today. So um, y'all talk more about cats or Hamilton or something. Well, my mom is apparently watching in the other room. She texted me to say Cinderella was beautiful. He just hates it when there's a change. Did they make a movie out of that, like, way back? Uh, they made several movies about Cinderella, Dana. No, the Rodgers and Hammerstein version of it. Yeah, they made, I mean, there's the original cartoon, there's the 90s version with Brandy and Whitney Houston. I swear I saw one with the Target version of Susan Sarandon. What's her name? Helena Bonham Carter? No. Oh, what the hell's that? We'll circle back to that, because someone has just... Joined you us. know what you're talking about, Dana? How do you even know my name? Because I know everything on Batman. <laughs> All right, settle down. We got a cocktail to make. All right, today we're going to make a cocktail named after one of my biggest nemesis ever. No, not Dana. It's the Joker. All right, so you're going to need to do some prep. Now that the guy who usually makes the prep videos, I don't know what happened to him. He, like, left the house and didn't do them. So I have to tell you about it. All right, so the first thing you're going to need is some vodka. And then you're going to need these things. Can you see them? Jolly Ranchers. Oh, but the grape ones suck. He's kidding, isn't he? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're going to need grape. Jolly Ranchers, because it's the Joker, and he wears purple stuff. So you need purple. Okay. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna put, you're gonna unwrap about nine or ten Jolly Ranchers, and you're gonna put it in about 
three to six ounces of vodka, and then your vodka is going to be purple, like the Ooh. stupid Joker. All right. So what? That's basically the cocktail, but we're gonna fancy it up a little bit. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. This is audience participation time, Mike. Take it away. Okay. So you're going to need some limes. We're going to make it pretty. Get yourself a Collins glass. And you're going to line it with some of these uh, beautiful limes. And then add some ice to it. Damn it, stay limes. All right. Here we go. By the way... That's Bat Diva that owes that dollar, not me. I mean, not whoever. <laughs> okay. So you're going to need about uh, three shots of your beautiful purple vodka that's probably crazy sweet. It looks brown. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna stop doing cocktails. <laughs> You're gonna make appetizers now? You wish. All right, give me, uh, you're gonna have to do a little, uh, well, you know, I'm fancy, so I'm not gonna do this fake lime stuff. Let's do the real thing. So you get a lime and you get your knife. Get this out of my utility belt. And you cut your lime in half, like so, and squeeze your lime inside your Collins glass. So that you have about oh, a quarter of an ounce there. All right, we'll top it with some seltzer water or your favorite bubbly stuff that doesn't have a lot of other things going on. Is that Topo, yeah. Rodney? I mean, Batman? No, it's 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 not Topo. Don't oh. hold it against me. He went cheap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought you well, were. There's your Joker. You're right, it does look kind of brown. <laughs> Actually, it looks a little pink in this light. How it is look it? a little pink in this light. <laughs> How is it? All right, get on with the show! <laughs> Please. Oh, gosh, I, I forgot to give Chris a warning. <laughs> um, all right, so we are going to talk about or talk with Chris Rogers who was a longtime theater company actor. He played a lot of really incredible roles. Most recently at the theater, though, he tech-directed Rock of Ages. Um, so he knows Mike, but the other two dads don't know him. Um, he was scheduled to... Uh, hey, where'd he go? Is he, is he in? Is he coming in? He's there coming he is! In. Yeah, Chris was scheduled to direct The Wedding Singer this summer, and then everything went crazy. Hi, Chris, welcome! Hello, hi, everyone. How was your you? day? It was a good day. It was a busy day uh, working to get uh, the space at the university clean and ready to go. Um, it was the first time that I've like set up a classroom like I usually did when I was teaching in a while. So um, we have this huge space and there's six chairs. So it's okay. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, currently, I am a grad student at Texas Tech University. Um, guns up or something. No, I don't know how to do it yet. We don't care. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and I am working on my Master's of Fine Arts in uh, theatrical design, focusing on theatrical stage lighting. 
And so I'm also a part, uh, besides taking class, uh, teaching one class uh, a semester. And so I'm teaching the principal's undergrad class of yes. So this year, um, or this semester, the class is going to be a little bit different because it's one of our hybrid classes that Tech is doing. So I'll see half the class one day a week live. Uh, and then on the Wednesday, the next day, um, I will see the other half live. And then while they're not in class, they're doing online things. So I'm just glad that for something like lighting, which is pretty hands-on, um, they'll get uh, a chance to actually still physically use and touch those lighting instruments and those those things. So, Does everyone have to wear masks? Uh, yes, the students have to wear masks and I get to wear a face shield because we can't cover our faces um, for ADA. They still have to be able yeah. to read this if they need to. So that's where we're doing. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Um, how has your quarantine been? <laughs> um, <it's, sighs> spring break <laughs> was real long this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a, a nice roller coaster of like, okay, we have a break and then we're at the house and then I'm started to go crazy and then I was like okay now I don't know what to do anymore and so I had to leave the house so I got um since I wasn't going to be able to come see you guys this summer <laughs> sad face I had to get a summer job <laughs> like I was like 16 again and so I worked at a liquor store and so I saw a lot of people there uh and um got introduced to some new things to drink so that's kind of cool uh, and then got ready to go back. I'm sorry. That's called on the job learning. Yes. OJT. Um, there, there weren't as many like tastings as I wanted there to be on the job. It was more like a, apparently they do like beers in the parking lot kind of thing. And if I get specs in trouble, I'm sorry. But you know, we just hang out afterwards and be like, oh, try this, try that. Like, yeah, great. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about how you came to the theater and about your time there. Um, I was a small child of 23 and I just graduated from University of North Texas and I needed a job as a theater teacher and I applied everywhere and I ended up applying to Rudder High School, which was just opening. Uh, and then I got an interview and I was actually hired to teach at Bryan High School. So in 2008, I started teaching at Bryan High School. And then I, my first introduction to the theater company was actually that summer. I had a student, Maxwell DeWayne. Shout out to Max DeWayne, birthday buddies for life. Uh, <laughs> he was in the producers. And so I came and I saw him and I saw the producers. Uh, and I saw many of the people who would become very good friends. Uh, and then the next summer I auditioned for Into the Woods with uh, Theater Company. So that was my first show um, in the space. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. How long were you there? There. And Brian? Oh, yeah. Oh, at the theater. Oh, uh, I was in College Station for six years. Oh, my so God. So my first show was, um, what did I say? Into the, uh, Into the Woods. And then the last show that I was in uh, was... Uh, was it Franklin um, Frankenstein? No, it was that year after that. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I gotcha. Yes. That's a good one. And then that summer I moved. Um, well, we have a list of questions from all of the theater company fans that you have, but I have 
So Casey Gilbert posted one that you're the love of her life. And then she had a hashtag that I don't understand, or maybe I just don't remember. It was okay. the hashtag CO11. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Casey knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I will say 11 other, or 10 other people know what I'm talking about. But other than that, I can't talk about it. I love it. Okay, perfect. Good to know. <laughs> Mike? All right. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Oh, um, well. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Beth Aiken is kicking us off here, and uh, she says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love her? Beth Aiken specifically, probably 12,000. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, Beth was one of my students, and she started, I think, my second year teaching uh she in a as a ninth grader and she was a stage manager or, or a techie as she would do it she didn't like going on stage she hated talking in front of other people um i and, feel like that's changed yeah <laughs> i uh, feel like that's changed did we actually got her on like in a show she doesn't like to talk about it but she was in the show uh three jurors right oh, right i think yeah <laughs> uh, she wasn't the angriest juror on the outside, but on the inside, I think she was pretty angry. Um, but Beth kind of became, a, I don't want to say right-hand man, right-hand person. Um, and she kind of took charge with a lot of stuff. Uh, being a one-person theater department, uh, there's a lot to do to put on the kind of productions that uh, I tried to get done at Bryan. Um, and so she kind of helped take on some of those tasks and became like an unofficial uh, technical director, gopher, personal assistant, all sorts of stuff. And then it, it became extra cool because then once she got involved with theater company, there would be things when we would be working at that moment. And so, you know, there's stuff that happens at theater company. You're like, oh, wait, you're still my student. <laughs> Okay. Remember, yes, boundaries, good. <laughs> but no, she's great. She's awesome. She has more. Uh, okay. I'm wearing oh, yeah, my has... Crocs. Oh, is that in honor of Beth? <laughs> yep, in honor of Beth. <laughs> she has another question. She just, you know, can't help herself. Um, what is your dream show to direct, act in, or tech direct? My dream show, I think, to be in at this point would be something rotten. I think I could kill some Thomas Nostradamus uh, in my <laughs> mind. I think that would be great. Uh, my dream show to direct, I actually ended up doing. It was the one of the last shows that I did at Brian was Noises Off. Um, I love that. It's my favorite play in the world. And I think... Uh, seeing from where we started at Brian when I started and there were like four people in the advanced theater class and we did a show that had like a drop of a piece of curtain to a two-story set that would spin around. Uh, I, I think working towards that was really awesome. And so, and I had a great group of kids that, that year. I think I graduated a third of the department. And so uh, that was pretty awesome. That's my favorite show to direct. To be would probably be uh, something rotten. To technical direct, I don't know. I uh, I've gotten one thing I have found is I've gotten a lot more lazy in 
uh, not wanting to like build things myself. I got really <laughs> used to like, okay, guys, cut this two by four to this size, and you guys do that. And and so I don't want to dig back into trenches anymore. But doing lighting, <laughs> uh, I think doing lighting for um, something rotten or something like that would be a lot of fun. I really like spectacly kind of shows. Like rock uh, ages. Yes. Uh, so I don't want to like light a nice Ibsen play or anything like that. That's boring. It's also an Ibsen play, which would just be boring. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like using that spectacle. I'd be going for it. Awesome. Yeah, Rock of Ages was quite a spectacle. It was so much fun. So good. It was so pretty. All right, speaking of Rock of Ages. Uh, um, all right, uh, this next question, uh, Chris, is from Linda Bendixson. Uh, she says, what is your secret for always being so darn nice to everybody? <laughs> uh, I, it's really easy, especially with Linda, to be really nice when you're just surrounded with really nice people. Uh, and so I, I can be nice because there's no reason to be anything else. Um, like, uh, the Bendixons are just amazing people, and um, why be mean? Um, otherwise, if I, for whatever reason, I can't be nice, I move on. Or I try to remove myself from that kind of situation, um, but why surround yourself that are, why surround yourself with people who are negative? So do your best. What if you have, what if you so, have no choice? <laughs> yeah. um, you do the best you can, and then possibly change things later without them knowing about it. So who knows? <laughs> so Linda is actually uh, watching the live stream right now, and a few minutes ago she posted, uh, "Hi, Chris." So she is very involved oh, in the wow. chat, but I wanted to make sure she you pointed, you knew and pointed out that she said hi to you during the live feed. So awesome, yeah. Linda's pretty cool. You know, uh, funny story. Um, I <laughs> I was used to do karaoke a lot, and Linda was always there, and I knew Linda. And then I got on the board at the theater, and I met Mark, and I didn't ever make the connection that. Mark and Linda were Mark and Linda and for like six, eight months, like it was a long time. And I think I was in a show and they were coming through the line together and I was like, Oh, 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 that makes sense now. So I actually knew Linda before, uh, Mark and yeah, Linda's fantastic. So it's not the most common last name. (laughs) No, no, it's it's not. I, all right, whatever. That was an unnecessary story. All right, um, Taylor Christensen. Taylor Christensen wants to know, uh, what is it like doing shows with former students, and what is it like doing shows about about? Oh no, what is it like doing uh, doing shows with current students? Um, Taylor's fun. I was not one of my students, uh, but the working together with someone who is that age i'm used to being around people who were younger uh in that sense i mean when i started they were only like five years younger than me uh but that slowly changed every year it's weird how time works (laughs) but working with students you have that uh that connection that relationship there which one things as teachers we're always trying to build um so that they uh help enrich them with what they're trying to do. Uh, and it's just another aspect. Um, 
uh, with Taylor after she graduated, she hung around the theater company more. I remember my first experience with Taylor was in um, Hairspray at a different theater company. And uh, at one, we were like kind of cool. We were talking, hanging out. And then Taylor said something and she was like, oh, then she realized that I was technically an adult and a teacher. And she was like, I can't believe I just said that. But uh, I'm probably rolling on the floor laughing right now. Uh, but those kind of moments, it, it's weird. Uh, even with Beth Aiken, a current student, um, we were doing spam a lot and she was a stage manager running around backstage doing all kinds of stuff. And if you've only seen shows at the theater company and never been in a show, you don't know that uh, wing space is limited and sometimes you're doing a costume change in the middle of the hallway and then all of a sudden your student sees you like in a t-shirt and your underwear but there's seven other people also changing you just kind of make that distinction and you move on and that's just how theater works and then um plus having a good relationship with those people's parents so like best parents and we're good so we we knew all that kind of uh that kind of relationship but it'd be like working with somebody who was a student but you knew them for the long time so that kind of thing so Taylor wanted to know about or she mentioned you know you she wasn't exactly your student but you guys were working together on hairspray is there any crazy story or just Taylor's story you remember from that time uh well the one time is we were just it was for notes and it was really hot because there was no air conditioning and yes. um <laughs> what is it I think I think the phrase she said was We'd sat down and I'd like slid down the wall and she's like, what's up, biatch? Then she like drew out biatch because she was just, she was going to say the other word. And then in that realization, she was like, oh, you're an adult. Oh, you're a teacher. And she just kind of, uh, and then she also slid down the wall, dragging out that word. The so she used to have a filter. Yes. At one point. <laughs> and that filter went away. Um. Okay. So. Speaking of former students, um, Kate Mitchell's been uh, blasting me. Um, first off, she said Rodney really should be a Marvel superhero, diva bird. Um, but then she also wanted to say, Rogers, you were the person that made her interested in theater outside of choir in high school, that y'all used to watch Glee standing on chairs in your classroom. You were her favorite teacher in high school. Um, and you gave her the favorite roles she's ever played. Um, and you're the first person that showed her Rocky Horror. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> I didn't know if I showed her Rocky Horn, that would be inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> you remember that we watched, like, on, like, I was a good teacher, I promise you. Yeah. On Wednesdays, we did watch Glee because, like, season one was very good and very theatery. It was so good. Um, yeah. And then it got less good. But season one was great. Uh, yeah, Katie, my first introduction to her was in, uh, she... Little Shop of Horrors, and um, God, who was she? I don't she remember. Was she was Audrey. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wait, that's right. Was One of yeah. the Audreys is back when everything was double cast, and I only oh, like, <laughs> half cast. Uh, but she was Audrey, uh, and then I was like, I right after that we did our one act play, and I needed this um, uh, a girl to play this older bossy sister. And I was going to start poaching theater uh, choir kids because, again, I had four people in my advanced theater class that first year. And um, it had Ms. Max Duane and Marion Balcar and uh, uh, Katie and Vanessa and 
that was it, because I also picked a show that only had four people in it. It was uh, Proof by David Auburn. And so I needed Katie to play this older sister, and she was like, yeah, I'll do it. She and then she, role very well. <laughs> she did it. She fit the role, and then I kept, kept casting her, and I kept putting her in other shows. Um, I think part of that helped was that uh, Katie and some of those other people really loved performing, and they just wanted more than just the choir musical every year. And so it kind of offered that uh, outlook, outlet for them. So first she says that Rocky Horror happened after high school, so you're in the clear. Okay, good. Okay. She's, also, she's also giving my dad a hard time right now for text. <laughs> um, but she also wanted to know, what's the best 24-hour theater show that you ever put on? I would probably say um, the OG 24-hour theater show, uh, uh, something about Mount Olympus, where we had um, Greek gods. Zeus was mad and was going to kick him out, but somehow they were all trapped together in like a real world. It was a real world, real world Mount Olympus or something like that. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and so, yeah, and staying up for 24 hours. With high school kids, one is hard. I don't think I happened. I think I fell asleep. And then, uh, then like the show was written by. Uh, we started out as collaboration, and I think everyone fell asleep, like except for like Chris and uh, Samantha. And then Samantha. we woke up at seven a.m. And then we have to start doing the show. And so it was crazy, but it was a lot of fun. And we did it with in conjunction with um, I forgot the group, but it was a group at A and M and. We loaded unit set pieces over, and we drove it over there. And we did the show in the one of those that small little theater at uh, Rudder. She concurs. It is real world Mount Olympus. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mike, you can go on. All right. Oh, uh, well, actually, so quick opportunity. So probably a double diva burn. So I'm sorry because Rodney's not in this group yet. I should say, but Chris, Dana, and myself share a similar role. And Eddie and Dr. Scott and Rocky. Oh, yeah. Can, can I ask nice. you a quick question, Chris, real quick? Were you able to get the motorcycle to start? <laughs> yes. Um, it took a Damn. while. Um, but I did I can do a motorcycle in first gear for about ten feet. And so <laughs> I, I got that down. If you want me to go any faster, if you want me to lift my feet up off the floor <laughs> or anything like that, it's pushing it. But I got the motorcycle to start. I am still, however, not able to uh, walk in heels. I can put them on. I can stand. I can't. Go also, the truth. <laughs> that's okay. That's why. That's why Dr. Scott had the wheelchair. Um, Dana, how was your experience with the motorcycle? How many times are we going to revisit this? I couldn't get it started the first two shows, and and that first show I. I knew everyone was waiting, so I just said, vroom, vroom, and walked it out on stage. And the audience loved it, but I knew at the moment that the vroom left my mouth, it was going to be forever just an opportunity to kill me every single time. So Yeah, it's going on our t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry, the show must go on. I, yeah, at... Uh, after I left Brian, I went to Red Oak and we did uh, Into the Woods there and uh, opening act two, everyone's all happy. They've got everything they wanted. 
and then there's supposed to be a terrible rumbling noise of like the, the giant, giant coming down but it didn't and we're waiting <laughs> and they're just like and I'm dying on the inside and um, I would always yell like rumble crash in rehearsals and because that was the sound effect for them to react to and at one time some, there was a weird communication between whatever and from the booth I just yell rumble crash <laughs> <laughs> oh the, everyone shakes you know, like, so, but I'm like oh my god <laughs> my theory you have to make it work somehow <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, so Parker Greer um, wants to know, it's a two-part question. Uh, since you've done everything in theater, what part is your uh, what part is your favorite and why? And then also, Parker, if you're watching too, I'm going to say this question, but I will, I'll read it. It says, also, if there was a horror, or if this was a horrible world where theater didn't exist, what would you do instead? But I will say, Parker, as long as we have young talent like yourself, Theater will always exist. It's so cheesy. <laughs> but it's a true statement. Um, mm, I really like acting and singing in musicals that don't have a lot of dancing, which is one of the reasons why I auditioned for End of the Woods in the first place, because that musical doesn't have a lot of dancing. But I was unaware of the fact that it was going to be choreographed by uh, Adrian from Dobson, which adds dancing to everything. Everything. It didn't need dancing, but I sure did end up dancing with a cow. <laughs> that was just a game. When there were shows that didn't involve dancing, Randy would give those shows to me for fun. So Into the Woods, a little night music, Sweeney Todd, and we would find a way for creative stage movement always. Um, so I, re I love performing, but I think I've really fallen in love with uh, stage lighting, that was one of the things that um, even in uh, if the show's not doing great you can make it dark and moody and nobody can really see what's happening uh, but otherwise <laughs> if it's really awesome you can just add to that with the lighting and that was one of the things that I always tried to use to just help add to that spectacle and that energy with the show um, so I think that's probably my favorite aspect but if I wasn't, there wasn't doing theater um, I I always knew that I was going to do one of three things. I was going to be an actor on Broadway. Um, these are like my childhood options. I was going to be an architect, or I was going to be a storm chaser. <laughs> so, even if we didn't have buildings, there was still going to be storms, and I was going to chase after them. I Twister is like my... <laughs> And so that came out just at a perfect impressionable time. I know every line from the film. I know every like eye movement and gesture. Um, so if I wasn't doing theater, I'd probably be doing either Storm Chaser or if I needed to pay the rent, like architecture and uh, building buildings. I really like older buildings and then finding ways to refurbish them to make them new. So that I think would be really fun. So two things, first off, um, we need more Helen Hunt movies in our life. So if they could Agreed. get on that, that would be great. Also, I love that your dream was to be on Broadway because when I was a kid, I didn't dream of Broadway. I dreamed of being in the cast of the Rockin' at Rockville High at Fiesta, Texas. Fiesta, Texas, obviously, <laughs> yes. So way to dream big, Roger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Thomas, uh, 
actress, singer, stage personnel, everything extraordinary. Master uh, clutch user. Do what'd you say? When Rock, so Chris Rogers, you knew her as Catherine Morgan, but she was our lovely dancer who broke her ankle on like day one of choreography in in Rock of Ages. Yeah. She's now Catherine Thomas. Yes. Um, no, she kill it on a scooter and a road sign. <laughs> <laughs> what show have you worked on, tech or on stage, that you thought you wouldn't enjoy but ended up loving? <laughs> what a face <laughs> um i think uh, was a show that i did lights for uh two years ago at friendship it's called uh once on this island oh um it's a beautiful story uh the first time i listened to it i just couldn't get into the music uh, i was like eh, whatever uh but then i like I was going to have to light it. And so I, you know, I read the script, I listened to the music, I followed along. Great. I knew what I needed to do, but then I went into rehearsals and I was like, Oh, this is beautiful. Um, but I didn't, because it was a show that I didn't know anything about when I started it. Um, it was hard to get into, but once I kind of saw it, even with them just under rehearsal lights, it was like, Oh, this is a great story. And then I was able to like, like that and do that so that that was i think a really great experience um just because you're unfamiliar with something doesn't necessarily mean that you won't like it if you uh uh don't give it a try but it also really goes to show that sometimes theater doesn't work just on the page you have to see it actually performed for you to really kind of get that across i was like the first time i ever saw or read uh death of a salesman by arthur miller i was like this is boring <laughs> I actually saw it and I was like, oh, this is amazing. So it's one of those things, theater, unlike literature, you can't just read the script. You actually have to have it performed and see it and have that connection with performers and the social aspect of being in the same room with other audience members to really help it uh, become special for you. So I think that was pretty cool. Have you listened? Do you have the revival of Once on this Island with Leah Salonga and, and Alex Newell? Yeah. Um, we, uh, when we performed it, uh, we did it and they, we kind of, we kind of mashed up a little bit of the revival <laughs> stuff with the new stuff. So, um, you know, even though like some of the harmonies weren't written in, they just added them. And so it was really, uh, kind of close to that. It was a lot of fun. We just did the same with little shop. There were so many oh, cool yeah. harmonies and all these extra vocal stuff that our trio, that we heard on the revival soundtrack with Jonathan Groff, and we were like, we can, mm-hmm. we can do that. And yeah, they added a lot to it vocally. It's, it's just an ad lib. Yeah, in exactly, exactly. Rodney, my dad just commented on what a good cat Pickett is. Whatever. He's so, like, yeah. he he has to be right here during the show. Like, he knows he's on camera or something. It's annoying because he's so hot. Like, he's like four hundred degrees right now. <laughs> Chris, where's your cat? Um, Lady Chadwick. Lady Chadwick is probably hiding in the bedroom because Oliver uh, is roaming around. I adopted a cat from a former student who had to give it up because she was moving. And so I also have Oliver or Ollivander or Ollie or Ollie Ollie Oxenfree, uh, <laughs> Orange Tabby, and he is much more uh, active and personable than Lady Chadwick. Lady Chadwick is a crotchety old woman 
who, um, you know, if the Dowager Countess were a cat and more mean, it would be Lady Chapel. So. <laughs> Can't confirm. It's been a long time since I've seen her, but yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, Rodney, you're next. All right, David Manuel wants to know, he says the arts don't exactly spring to mind when you think of the thriving metropolis of Lubbock. Uh, so what is the theater culture like there? Um, there are uh, one, two, three, three community theaters, uh, four community theaters here in Lubbock. So we've got uh, Moonlight Musicals that uh, focuses on musicals, and they're very similar to the theater company in that aspect, and they have uh, theater camps and that sort of thing. But their main performance space is actually an outdoor amphitheater. So that's why it's under the moonlight. Um, but in Lubbock, it's hot, so mm. it takes a while. But they also we also have a, a civic theater where they perform like during the winter. Um, there is uh, Will of the Wind Productions, which is a fairly new theater company that started two years ago that uh, I've done stuff with. Uh, and you've got Lubbock Community Theater and um, oh, CATS. I forgot what CATS stands for, but it's I, children, adult theater. I don't know. But they're another community theater group. Uh, what I'm super excited about is uh, the Buddy Holly, um, the Buddy Holly Hall. Um, Buddy Holly is from Lubbock. If you were unaware, we have a whole thing, giant uh, glasses statue. But we're opening a new multi-million-dollar performing arts and touring venue. So we're able to. It was going to start this year. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but. Um, we'll be able to bring show Broadway shows that are on tour, similar to like what happens at Rudder uh, through um, Lubbock. And so I'm also excited about it. About are any of them working or, or open or performing right now? Um, I know that... Uh, Will of the Winds, we've been doing 10-minute uh, Zoom plays that are written specifically for that. Um, I know that Lubbock Community Theater is doing something similar. Uh, and then I know Moonlight has been doing their uh, theater camp. So I'm not, but I'm not 100% sure. Darcy, tan it. I'm pretty sure she's bragging at her reflection. It's not bright. Um, okay, so I bugged my mom to come ask this person this question in person because like she's here, uh, but she said no. Um, so my mom, Terry Dobson, wants to know, Chris, what do you miss from the BCS area? Um, a lot of things. One hundred percent fuego. Um, <gasps> I ate there tonight. Oh. When I was there, <laughs> Rock of Ages. Um, it was really sad the amount of fuego that I ate. Simply we because I was open at like midnight or one o'clock. Um, but fuego, I do miss the theater company a lot. But y'all don't have queso. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, do y'all want to know about fuego? I don't think I've ever told the dads this story, but now you, you, you want to tell, okay, he's going to tell this story about Fuego. This is a true story. Yes. Oh. Um, I went to a party here in the neighborhood. In it San was Antonio. a wedding. 
It was a wedding. It was Chris Carpenter's daughter's wedding. Was it? Yes. Okay. Oh, no, it was Anthony's wedding because it was out on the lake. Nope, Nick Avina's wedding. Okay, wow. we got that. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, Nick Avina's wedding. So the, the weekend or two before, we'd been to College Station and uh, to visit Adrian and Andrew. And I it was my task to go out Saturday morning and collect a whole bunch of breakfast tacos for uh, for our enjoyment. <laughs> and I went to Me Casino. No. Yes. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I went to uh, Taco Bell. What? No, Me Taco Cabana. Taco Bell. Taco Cabana. Yes. Yeah, Taco and Cabana. So I uh, I get home with a whole load of tacos. It was Me Casino. And no, it wasn't. And <laughs> they had left a container or two of the salsa open in the bag. And so I get out of the pickup and walk to go to the house and all the fluid <laughs> had evaporated the bottom of the bag. All those tacos fell out on the pavement. And so <laughs> I cried. Coco. She's I yelling out. about the tacos. She's so mad. Coco. I, I crammed them into a wad and took them back to Taco Cabana. And Me I said, Christina. Give me my money back. And you're such uh, a Karen. <laughs> whatever. But I deserve to get my money back. And I just dumped that wad of tacos. It was ten or twelve tacos. I just and they agreed. So they gave them my money back. And so the following weekend I was at a party in my neighborhood. At here. a wedding for our friend Nicovina. It was at a party in my neighborhood here. <laughs> and uh, I talked to this guy. And he'd been in, in restaurant development. And I told him, you know, there's a, there's a. He asked. There's a. No, I'm thinking there's about a, moving to College Station. Would, I think. He, would you butt out? <laughs> he was thinking about opening a restaurant in College Station. And he wanted to know what we needed. I need to cut her off. Uh, no. I, <laughs> and you said. I, I, I pointed out to him that, you know, you can't go to College Station and go have breakfast tacos. It's true. Because they just, they just didn't exist. And Paul Muller, he got, you know. Someone's calling him. Paul. <laughs> Paul Muller, he, he, he was pretty inebriated that night. But he woke up the next morning and realized, I need to go to College Station and do a taco shop. And sure enough, he went to and, and he identified the uh, the adult bookstore. That adult he was video gonna... store. Okay. <laughs> okay, that that was wrong with that part. Anyway, um, yeah, he he got that shop, and that yeah, it's been it's been a success for him. He's he's done four or five stores now. One of them closed down in the Waco, but um, you know what? The one in San Marcos has better carne guisada than. <laughs> The one at College Station. But their tortillas aren't as good. That's the story of Fuego? That's the story of Fuego. I, it was, I was... <laughs> You're responsible for that? Yes. Yes, for a long time. And what was your cut? We got free tacos <laughs> while free his... Free tacos, yes. One of Paul's sons, you know, assistant managed it for a really, really long time. And so anytime I walked down, I got free tacos for probably the first year. If, if they saw me, I got free tacos. But Paul didn't remember the next morning who gave him that idea. He just, <laughs> he just felt an urge to go to College Station 
and found a taco store. <laughs> I have never had Fuego. What? I know. What? I know. I need. I need to Who do that. that? This Dana, Dana, that guy. That's also the guy that never saw Jimi Hendrix live. <laughs> that never saw what? Jimi Hendrix live. <laughs> I've never seen him live because I'm I too did. young. <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix is is one of my favorites, though. Um, I, I also know about a favorite. Someone's they're talking about you in the chat, Chris. Uh, something about Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I love. <laughs> He's gonna process it for a second. So I had asked them, "Is it the movie, the game?" And they said, "Anything Clue. The movie is very special to him." So we'd love to hear about your fascination um, with Clue. So uh, I love Clue, uh, and it. Uh, I first saw it uh it came out the same year i was born so it's an older movie but i saw it when it came on cable apparently and my sister uh said hey you should watch this movie with me and i immediately i was dubious because there was no way she wanted me to do anything with her uh but we watched the movie together like in my mom and dad's bedroom like on the small tv and i just loved it and so i fell in love with the movie the performances the crazy characters, the multiple endings, everything. And so then I had the blue, the Clue board game. Um, I had the Clue VCR game that was different, where you had to watch yeah. the video and then, based on clues of what you saw in the video, do stuff. It, I loved it. And then in college, I found um, a novelization of Clue, uh, which... I actually wrote a paper about in one of the classes that I just finished. It was a whole thing about um, film novelizations where they turned the uh, screenplay into a book because, you know, you didn't necessarily have a VCR, but you wanted to do the story again. Um, the fact that they still make novelizations also blows my mind, but that's neither here nor there. But so I had the book for Clue that had a fourth ending. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've gone to like the Clue movie night at Alamo, and I've got like foam wrench and candlestick. It was like they did it like uh, Rocky Horror, so you have like guns and everything you're supposed to do for the Clue. I can. That is another movie where I can recite the entire uh, script. I can sing the theme song, uh, everything. So they, there is a musical. What? There is a musical. There is a musical, but we don't talk about it. It's not I know, great. it's really not great. But they did finally um, turn it into an actual stage play uh, uh, with Jonathan Lynn, who did the original screenplay, and Hunter Foster, oh. brother and a very good performer on his own. Uh, they turned it into a, a stage play, and it... They didn't release the, pro the professional rights or amateur rights that not for a high school yet because it was on tour. Um, but high schools started doing it everywhere. And then the pandemic happened. So I've not actually seen it yet. Uh, I've read it. It's very good. It takes a good way of doing the at that script that everybody knows and loves, but adding additional humor in there. Um, but yeah, clue. I got it. Well, we can thank... <laughs> Uh, Beth Aiken, Baconator, for 
uh, asking that question of you. I, I think at one point they, uh, trying to get me off topic from teaching, somebody asked me about Clue one day in class, and I think I reenacted like Act Two or something, the second half of the movie in class for them uh, as a one man show because they didn't want me to do notes or something like that. And <laughs> when I obliged, so. A good tool. Yeah. Mike. All righty. All right, Chris. Uh, Cynthia Bradford wants to know how did your time at TTC help shape you as an actor and as a director? Um, for the longest time, uh, I had only had uh, one director in high school. And then when I went to, uh, did my undergrad in theater at North Texas, I had a couple of different professors um, but I was only in uh, two shows there. Uh, and so I still only had like two directors. I didn't have a lot of experience. But coming into, again, working with Randy and getting a whole nother way, another person uh, to do shows. Uh, it was also getting out of educational theater and getting into um, theater that focused on the final product and not necessarily the process of your learning and your experiencing and with theater companies like the show opens we got to be ready uh <laughs> and so uh do, wor working on that that i think was really good and it gives me a good balance of uh going back and forth between you know like working on the process uh teaching students how to do it but then i also through working with theater company have a good time as like at some point we do need to realize that the show is about to open and we need to finish things. Um, that reminds me of another story with Beth Aiken. We did a show um, uh, called Lend Me a Tenor at Bryan High School. And so we had turned, to the, it gotten to the point where we had to focus on the fact that we were about to open. And we did, and we opened, and Beth and I are sitting in the back of the auditorium and we're watching and we're like, we didn't, we didn't pull the painter's tape off the wall from when we painted the trim. That's the painter's tape is sticking on the wall. Beth, what are we going to do? And like, goes for a scene change or intermission or something, and Beth runs back there and starts pulling off tape off the wall. It's like, oh my god. Oh, but, no. you know, but you know what? It worked. It was blue paint with like purple trim. So it just looked like another thing. But uh, And then even uh, working with Cynthia specifically, um, I did the school version of title of show and Cynthia uh, was our accompanist. And I think that was the first show that Cynthia actually did the music direction and accompaniment for. So y'all, you're welcome theater company. She, <laughs> she cut her teeth on working with me. And I appreciate that because she, that was my first musical to ever direct. Um, I'd done plays before, but I and I'd been in musicals, but I never had to direct a musical. And so working with her and those, uh, again, four people. So again, I kept it small. But working with her in that aspect was another just learning experience and learning and doing it at, on the job. And uh, I knew Cynthia through theater company because I knew Richard, and Richard and I were uh, married in a play together. So. I'm married in hairspray. Yes. <laughs> um, Beth has a follow-up in the live chat. Um, she wants to know about the for you to tell the story of Promises, Promises, Floor Painting Night. Oh, gosh. 
Okay, so Promises, Promises was a show that the theater company did. And um, there was like three shows in a row where the floor was checkerboard or something. And we had to paint Promises, Promises because uh, I stage managed that with the lovely Mary Otto. Yay. Who I get to see tomorrow. Oh, say hi. Uh, we had to, there was another thing, we stayed up super late. I think that was the first time I ever had a honey butter chicken biscuit because Chezzer was like, guys, it's after 11. We're going to go get Hubba Chubba's. Hubba Chubba's. And so, <laughs> uh, but trying to figure out, because there were like, not only was it checkerboard, there was like four different colors and we had to figure out that the, the colors couldn't touch at the same time. And, you know, four shades of gray is enough when you're trying to paint the floor. And so that was another night where we're just like, I can't see anymore. <laughs> we were like taping straight lines. It was crazy. And then I think that like went into, I don't remember what the order was, but that floor was there like four different times in a row. Ooh, was it, it there? Like Rocky and Promises or? Checkerboard Chet? started with Rocky too, according to okay. Michelle Campbell Green. Okay. I think it was there for nine to five. Oh no. Maybe. That, well, 9 to 5 was summer. Okay. Promises, I think, was winter because it was Christmas. It was it was um, the January-February show because it was like the precast thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Goodness gracious. That one went by like a blur. Like that and Young Frankenstein, those precast shows, they happened and then <laughs> they were over before you knew it. You know, that was another thing with theater company. Uh, Randy... Uh, I don't remember if it was you or if it was Michelle who had said, told Randy, hey, you should put Chris in Rocky. Uh, and I thank you for that. Um, and then when we did, but the fact that Randy saw enough in me to put me as Frankenstein and young Frankenstein, like my first lead in a musical ever, blew my mind. And so that was another awesome experience. Hard AF, um, because like I said, it was like three weeks. And that's a lot of songs and a lot of lyrics. And we cut. And making me dance again. Sorry. <laughs> Not we couldn't touch. We couldn't touch in that one. Well, we couldn't touch, we and couldn't please touch. don't touch me. But uh, you and uh, Roger, you and Roger with the tap dance, because y'all did putting on the Ritz. Oh yeah. And that wasn't just a dance. That was that was a dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have a, a final question, but before we do that. Chris Rogers, can you spell Hassenpfeffer? Um, H-A-S-E-N, <laughs> Hassen, a P-F-E-F-F-P-F-E-R, Hassenpfeffer. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> Dads, have any of y'all seen Spelling Bee? No. No, oh. but it's on my list. It is it's, on my list. I when I saw that you'd put uh, on the bio, uh, like uh, on my website, I had like director, educator, designer, <laughs> and then you added icon spelling bee champ. <laughs> so, thank you for that. I appreciated that. Yeah, so, you, you so were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you don't, that's y'all don't know. Spoiler. But, yeah, Chris, Chris's character, William. Barfay wins the spelling bee. But my, my dad, we were eating dinner and he says, Hey, who's the guest tonight? I'm Diva Dads. And he says, Chris Rogers. And he goes, Oh, my co-star. 
because he got to play one of the guest spellers during one of our productions. Oh, that's awesome. What yeah, did Roger, Roger Pine did me bad. <laughs> uh, I, I Do you remember what your words were? Cat? No, not cat. It was Cow. more challenging. Sure it was. I remember when... Uh, <laughs> Katie, excuse me, Kate Mitchell misspelled cow, and we had to go into goodbye because yeah. she misspelled the word cow. I forgot about that. Was a dress rehearsal, though, right? <laughs> yeah, we panicked. We like, so, uh, goodbye. Yeah. There's, there's very simple words that are planted for the audience participants so that they can go to the next round, like cow and cat. And, and she w- misspelled cow. And we were like, what do we do? We can't pretend that she misspelled oh, So, yeah, we literally had to jump to the goodbye song. Oh, my gosh. That was stressful. I don't remember the word, but I got it right. But I was still disqualified. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was um, the point where we were like, we got to move on. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Beth Creel directed that, like, two some two school years ago or maybe it was just a year ago at yeah two years ago because last year was beauty and the beast um and they let me come back and be a speller oh it was really special (laughs) (laughs) um they made a lot of fun of me but that's they made fun of me a lot and that's okay um but speaking of spelling bee champions um so miss rona lisa peretti herself michelle campbell green so she directed our production of rock of ages here's my bourbon room shirt that you designed yes um but during her episode with Diva Dad, she mentioned, because we talked about, like, the ghosts of the theater, and she mentioned that you had a story from one of your late nights working on Rock of Ages in the light booth. Do you want yes. to tell us about it? Um, there's a sign on the door that always says, like, keep this door shut and locked. Yeah. Um, it's been there since I've been there. I don't know how old that sign is. But uh, that's one of the things that you have to do, and when you're closing up and locking... Uh, you have to go um, the lights to turn on the work lights and all that in the theater are in the stupidest places so um, I had to go up I was going upstairs to like do something and I was like ah I had left my key downstairs because as soon as I got there I like unloaded took my backpack wallet keys all that kind of stuff and I had to go upset but the booth was locked I was like dang it so I had to go back downstairs to get my keys and when I went back upstairs, the door was open. What? Well, thanks, Brandy, uh, or whatever. And I was able to just go in and do my, what I needed to do. But that was weird. Uh, also, I always see somebody. I don't know who. But there is always somebody standing in the window above the concession stand for me. Um, it's, well, I'm uh, never looking up again. The, it's like the old office of the of the movie theater. You could look down into the my office hall. now. <laughs> Your office now. Well, there's a window with like a bad one way mirror. There's always somebody up there. I don't know. I was like, okay. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's weird, and I always see people. It's not a one way mirror. Actually, it's a window with these oh. like shutters that close over it. Okay. Um, but. That that mirror that window is somebody in the window. Maybe it was me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have lots of. Um, what was really funny? I think it was during Frozen. So the majority of the kids in Frozen had no connection with Randy. A lot of them started showing up um, in Fiddler, but and maybe there was a few that knew Randy before. But most of those kids, like they started in Fiddler. 
So when it came time to Frozen, which was just this past winter, you know, they see his picture on the wall, but they don't know anything about him. And so there was one day that some of the kids were working on some sort of prop projects or they were working in the lobby and I was coming from the theater into the lobby and I heard them talking about all the ghost stories at the theater. And that how, there were different ghosts in different rooms. You okay, Dana? You okay? Yeah, I'm just... Oh my gosh, hang in there. So <laughs> they, they knew like versions of stories that I knew, but then they had more. And they talked about the basically the how the the off the the corner between the office and then that little boy's dressing room which is like the older projection room mm -hmm. how that was the the mr wilson ghost mm. these kids don't know randy you know that group of kids had literally never met him they didn't they didn't come to the theater until long after you know he was gone but they were telling each other these stories of the mr wilson ghost that that was always around that corner by the what we now call the little boy's dressing room but it's that old projection room and i i stopped and i was like wait tell me more <laughs> and they would talk about hearing noises in that little boy's dressing room and that was what they called the mr wilson ghost one two three not it <laughs> I just know. Mm -mm. You're fine. Oh, okay. So this is a this is a story for another time. But Cynthia just reminded me of a another story. <laughs> An after dark story or now story? You know. Okay. I I don't want to tell it. I think Cynthia should tell it. So let me see if I can bully her onto Dad's after dark. So I'm going to let her tell it because it was an interaction that Henry had. Oh, fabulous. That was really, really uh, fascinating. And also, Dana, you might not sleep tonight, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no one here, like, oh, but the no. dogs. So, so yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> um, any other questions is, for, oh, is, yes, me. And this is all while uh, that light's flickering above Adrian's head, you know, so don't. You know. Oh. Yeah, I know. I don't know what that light is. It's <laughs> flickering. It's a fan. <laughs> oh, it's a fan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the ceiling fan. Ah. <laughs> Chris, it has uh, been awesome hearing stuff. Do you have yeah. any other stories you want to share with us? I, I, I just say I would love to talk to you guys and to reminisce about my time in the theater company. It, I loved having that uh, second family. You know, that was the first time that I like moved away more than an hour away from my family, and uh, it able to get me out of the house besides just school and i uh got really good friends that have come from that um michelle campbell green and i are like this and it all started from you know she turned from the uh, a director from that school because we were like uh com competitors and oh but then we like bonded over into the woods working together and so um it, we're just uh, I met a lot of great people, and I really enjoyed that time there. So uh, thanks, guys, for having me so that I could help reminisce over that. Are you willing to stay after the show in Dad's After Dark? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Fantastic. All right, Rodney, you're up. All right, so uh, we got a, just got a couple of things to wrap up the show. Uh, Jennifer Riley is coming back for another fun fact of the week. She's going to give us a little history lesson. Hi there, Diva Dads. I hope you are all having a wonderful day. This is Jen Riley here with your fun fact of the week. And we're gonna keep this one uh, short and sweet, but it's a little bit mind blowing as well. 
So here's the fact. There were sharks before there were trees. Yep. So sharks have been around for about 400 million years. Trees, as we know them today, have only been around for about 360 million years. Uh, when I first read that, it definitely blew my mind, and I hope it is a surprise for some of our viewers out there. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this week's episode, and I look forward to seeing y'all as well soon. Talk to y'all later. Bye. So, uh, sharks are older than trees. So, someone wants to tell you that he already knew that. You already knew that. Well, yeah. <laughs> what is what is your job? I'm a geologist. <laughs> He's a what? Anesthesiologist? A geologist. A geologist. Yes. <laughs> did I say anesthesiologist? You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I know some stuff about the planet. There's a couple <laughs> more syllables in that than the other. Sorry. What do you think about people that deny like global warming? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean it's been happening for 11,000 years since the most recent ice age, it's, it's it's happening. So what would you tell me if I was going to invest in property in New Orleans? Oh, you that shouldn't have been rebuilt after Katrina. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> what about what about good old Rockport? It's gone in 50 years. Oh, what a pessimistic view. It's reality. <laughs> Yay, science! Yeah, this made, this Ish. made, like, hikes camping hikes as a child like if uh, if you go to a hike say it's supposed to take an hour our hikes would take like three because <laughs> we'd have to stop and learn about the rocks and everything along Even the way if you didn't pay attention it's true <laughs> <laughs> something paid, tells me you didn't pay attention a lot I of the time attention. actually you're an actress you, you would do this um, Kate Mitchell's going to come on Dad's After Dark, and she's going to tell you the geology lesson that I taught her at Splash Mountain. Wait, what? Just Splash Mountain. Just you. Oh, geology at Splash Mountain. Maybe it wasn't yeah. Splash Mountain. I think those are fake rocks. What? <laughs> I think those are fake fake rocks at but Splash Mountain. But she learned something from me, and that's what's important. All right. Well, yeah. okay. Paper mache. <laughs> Papier mache. <laughs> Chris, did you get to... Um, you, Jennifer Riley was one of our stage managers for Rock of Ages. Did you get to work much with her? Yeah, uh, we worked together in uh, Rock of Ages. That was was the only show, though. I think so, yeah. But um, she's just a wonderful, delightful human. Sorry, I, I'm watching the live chat feed, and Chris, uh, Michelle Campbell-Green says, Thick as thieves. Love you, Chris. Aww. So I'm sure she'll join us if she can for uh, Dads After Dark. She better. She usually does. So. All right, Mike. Now this is this is your cue. <laughs> this is the time you you talk off the cuff, Mike. But it's exactly the same every week. Go. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, guys! All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for being on the show tonight. Thank you, viewers, for watching. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we hope that the other two dads weren't so boring, and I was as well. Anyway, uh, make sure you please visit us at uh, www.ttcdivadads.com where you can check out our wonderful bios and you can choose to connect with us through any social media you so choose. 
thank you so much for watching and we hope to see you soon. Thank you, Chris. I don't know, I don't know that I approved my bio. <laughs> thank you, guys. Good Bye, night. everybody. Good night. Bye. See you in Dads After Dark. <laughs>